Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Briganti. So today we have Jose Ferreira on the other line who's out in Texas. And how's it going, man? Going pretty good. Uh, going pretty good. It's, thanks uh, for having me and thanks for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm stoked that you're uh, we we finally get to talk and um and and over the phone and we've talked over Facebook a, a bunch over the years and it's finally awesome to kind of get you on here to share your story um, about your diagnosis and then life after. Um, so kind of, can you kind of walk us, we can start with your diagnosis. Like when did you kind of, how did you get diagnosed uh, with Klinefelter syndrome? And then we can kind of walk back into your life afterwards. Okay. Definitely. I think for me, uh, discovered this about five years ago. Um, it's a similar story to, to many folks that have expressed already, but for me, it was my wife and I were trying for kids and, um, we went through the process. Uh, initially, you know, I think she thought it was her, and uh, eventually, a doctor gave us, you know, gave me a, a, a insight for me to probably to take a blood test, and I wasn't even thinking anything was going to happen. And the doctor came in and basically said that he had some news, and he was pretty blunt about it. And he told me about this XXY, and I had no idea what it was, and I don't think he even had a chance to really explain it. I think at that moment in time, it was it was impactful. I think because of my wife and I, obviously, we were hoping to have kids, and and I didn't even know what the guy was telling me. I had no clue what he was actually saying. So, uh, at the after leaving the doctor's office and having a chance to go home, I mean, it was very hurtful for both of us. It took us a while. It was not uh, an easy process to go through. I think that. For me individually, it was obviously knowing that I'm infertile. And then from the other standpoint, it was weird because internally it, it almost gave me an answer immediately of why it was so difficult for me in my entire life. So it, it, it was a mixed emotion. I mean, it, it, I felt like I finally had something to say that this is, there's something really is there. Um, but I, I, I never... I never thought that that would even be a possibility um, prior to that. I never thought that I was definitely have had some syndrome. I had no idea. It was just a shock. So once we kind of got home and kind of talked about it, it wasn't immediate. This is over months. Uh, and it actually turned into a couple of years. Um, I was in disbelief. I did not want to accept it. Um, I kept living my life as normal, uh, trying to handle things. Uh, I researched it a little bit online and, and found all the same stuff that people find. It was pretty scary. And eventually I, I did get into some of the Facebook groups and I, I listened to it. I, I watched what was going on there, but then I just pushed it away and, um, and then just tried to focus on things. A uh, couple of things that happened as well. And obviously it was very impactful and we were dealing, my wife and I were dealing on this this scenario it was very difficult and one of the things that I did is I took a step back in, in, in the job that I had because it was becoming very apparent that I was going to need to focus some time on, on this and, and focus some time in, in, for my wife and I to go through things. So I think uh, for me, you know, I got closer to my faith and uh, had a chance to just settle down and then one day I, I started looking at Facebook and um, I ran across your page 
and it started giving me some hope because the, some of the things that I started seeing there were positive and it was more focused on uh, the good of the syndrome. And when I started relate, I could, I could see some of the things that people were commenting that I had done um, similar things in the past, taking photos and uh, very empathetic, um, you know, very caring people, a person uh, like helping people. Once I saw those things, then I realized that some of this stuff could actually be true. And then I started listening to uh, or reading a little bit more about the testosterone and the impact it makes on people. And, and then I just started trying to get informed. It was a process. It wasn't easy. Um, to, and it wasn't that the, that the testosterone is hard to do. It was just more of accepting that that uh, is going to actually help. And so um, we went through probably two, three years of just dealing with this, this in general. And then one day, uh, um, you know, we got through it. We made our own decisions as far as moving forward. In our case, um, we don't have kids. We didn't adopt. We didn't do any of that. Um, not that that's everybody's got their own choice in doing about it. Um, but we found purpose in other ways. And, and then when, you know, we're just, I finally got comfortable to the point where I started taking the testosterone, and I would say that it's been going on now for about two years taking it. Um, it's an injection in my in my stomach, and I literally immediately the first day that I took the shot, I felt it was it was immediate um, positivity, like I felt awesome, like I could actually think it wasn't that I was lethargic anymore. I, I was um, drowsy I wasn't uh, you know it was just hard to just focus uh, prior to that and then that, that day itself that I took it and the, the next few days I had all this energy that I, I don't think I've ever felt before in my life I didn't know what to compare it to but I just didn't know I, I could tell that it was definitely positive um, it took me a while to finally get the routine on the testosterone I do forget every now and then I just Finally, got a doctor that that is working with me and um, gives me what I get basically a six month supply, and, and I'm doing that now weekly. Um, and it's clear. I mean, I'm, I'm working now with a new job and I uh, work for a college. Uh, I'm an operations manager. I deal with a lot of people every single day. Um, and my skills for helping people. Uh, reflecting that you know i'm a good listener so people come to me and ask me questions and because of the way that i've learned uh and the way that i have to write everything down when, when i'm learning something it makes it easy for me to go back and explain it to, to people when they're asking for guidance and, and advice and things like that so i've I, I found a job now that's actually complements all of my skills um and it allows me to grow as well too uh, and then handling it a lot better because of the testosterone. Um, and then, of course, uh, most importantly, my, my spouse, um, my wife, has just been very supportive in the, in the whole process. I think that uh, she's gone through some struggles as well because of the result of this. Um, but she's also uh, found some uh, different purpose, you know, within our parish and for our church and, and doing some wonderful things uh, there. And, um, and utilizing her skills. Uh, she's a physical therapist um, for, for kids, pediatric physical therapist, and um, she does a lot of great things uh, to help out the kids and stuff like that in the church. So it's just, it's been a while. 
uh, but I feel more comfortable now. And now that I'm seeing the website uh, that and all the support that Ryan's been putting out, I feel like um, one, I'm comfortable, but more more important, I just want to let people know that you can get through it. It's not, I mean, it's a challenge. It's, I think for, for me, it's been, I think now knowing just sort of what it was like when I was growing up and now seeing things, I just feel like everything is the same for a lot of people, but for me in general, and I would say in the syndrome maybe, it's just magnified. So if you feel sadness, it just feels like it's 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 more sadness than what what you would normally feel. And so you got a lot of self talk and you gotta you gotta counterbalance that with some positivity with something else. And so I just uh, now as an adult, um, I have you know I'm working in, in my job and I come back home and I feel the same routine that everybody does. But you got to find a way to get outside and go see the park and 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 just talk to people and just continue to utilize the, the skills that that you know that you're good at. And then that hopefully counterbalances all the stuff that that is also challenging, which is the depression and. You know, the, the, the sense of feeling alone sometimes and uh, the feeling of lethargic and all of those things. So I'm learning how to deal with it now. Um, but I really didn't, you know, for me, when I was growing up, I can tell you I had a, a lot of successes. Um, and now knowing the challenges that I had, it's amazing that I've had those successes. It really is. Uh, it's just amazing that I was able to get through that. Wow, man. I mean, that you're definitely like so self-aware of like the word came up that I try to use quite often is like metacognition. Like how, how long were like, if we go back, how long were you guys trying for kids? Well, we've been married now. I mean, uh, we got married November 6, 2010. Um, at the time, my wife was living in Friendswood, Texas, and I was living in New Orleans, Louisiana, and, and, and we knew each other through family and, and whatnot. But we moved here to Houston, Texas, and you know, we immediately started trying to have kids. We were trying to just, you know, we were happy because we had found each other, and we'd been uh, married probably you know, a year or two, and we were trying, and it's just something, you know, something I, did, I really did not I had no clue the only person that I think definitely picked up on it was my wife and she could tell um you gotta think about it I got married later in life I wasn't married um before then uh neither was she uh and and the person that really helped me throughout my entire life was my mom so uh, she knew what was my motivator she knew all of those things and she knew you know how to work with me, how to manage me throughout the you know life, just dealing with normal stuff. So when I got married, um, you know, you're now living with a new person, and as you normally do when you're first married, you you know you start noticing things with the other person when you're finally living with them. But she started noticing some stuff that just was hard, and I was not aware of them. Um, just you know, just with, with all the stuff that you know in the syndrome, you're lethargic, you're tired, you're repetitive, you. You got to do things in the things in the routine. Um, I lose my temper a couple of times, you know, probably a few times. Different things are hard to, to express your thoughts and your feelings and that kind of stuff. Um, just the communication aspect of things. I mean, 
eventually she brought that out and I was not didn't think it was an issue. You know, nothing. It was the normal stuff that happens in, in marriage. So we were trying uh, probably like two years into the marriage and nothing was happening. And then we eventually moved to a new house, a new neighborhood. And then we focused on that and, and kind of get, just not distracted, but just kind of um, focusing our attention on just being in that neighborhood and meeting new people and all of those things and still traveling a little bit. But when we finally got to the point of really focusing on it, um, like I said, I think she initially thought it was it was it was her, and so she was doing some tests, and I was just kind of going along, and I really was not thinking anything. I really wasn't thinking that anything was going to one way or the other um, until the, someone said to me to take the blood test, and it was just like, yeah, okay, I'll take the blood test. Like, okay, let's just follow through with the next step. And that's it was just literally the results came up. We went to get me with the doctor, and and then, bam, and then you just you're just in disbelief. So, I think for us, it's faith has always been a part of my my life. Okay, I didn't know what the syndrome was. I just knew I had struggles, or when I overcame something individually before I, I was married, and eventually overcame them. It was an answered prayer. Okay, but I learned to live with the difficulties. I knew it was harder for me than other people. I learned to live with it, and I learned to accept whatever the path was, or whatever was dealt, you know, good for me. But what was different in this case is that now I'm married, and in a sense, now I'm going to ask my wife to go and accept this. And how do you go about doing that? And as you know, being in the in the syndrome, she don't like dealing with conflict. You know, so I really, it, it, that was the, my first reaction was just, it was just silence. I couldn't, I couldn't even, I, I was, I didn't even know what to say. I couldn't even think. So it, it, to me, it was a delayed reaction. To my wife, it was an immediate reaction. One of the things that helped us is that we, uh, she found a, a, um, a retreat for married couples and we went to that, um, that retreat is called Marriage Encounter. Um, and I think that gave us the opportunity to learn to communicate with each other, to finally listen to each other um, with our heart. And I think that I think that when she finally understood that I was hurting, I think that I also understood that she was hurting as well. I think that's when we finally had a break. So I think from then on, it was just an opportunity to learn to communicate with each other and, and try to understand um, where we were coming from. So, as you can imagine, it, 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 I mean, we knew, we always knew when we married, I mean, the way our, our the way we met and how it came about, it was, you know, we were, it, it's just, once you live that, it would be it, and the way it happened, you know that we were meant for each other. So, 
we just had to figure out a way to get through this. That's all. Well, I mean, it's, I don't even know what, I can't even talk right now. I mean, it's, this is, you're so aware of, like, I just wrote, one of the things I literally just wrote down was like, what is Kleinfeld syndrome with Jose Ferreira? Like going, going through, I'm, I'm able to relate to you so much on, obviously I didn't find out trying to have kids. Um, I found out in utero, but what you, all the things you're mentioning, I'm like, I'm writing down all these questions and I'm like, Oh gosh, like, um, I saw that we've always, we had a miscommunication through the time, through the time of doing this podcast. And I know it's late in Texas, so we'll definitely have to do this podcast, but then talk after this and develop some more ideas for some other kind of breaking down the thought process of you and how I, you know, relate on trying to figure out like, is that a Kleinfelder syndrome trait? Cause there are, there are things that you were talking about that I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Like it, it's just, it's going like the lights and everything are just going off in my brain. And it's so incredible to listen to someone else. That's so like you, you understand yourself. You understand like, there's multi, mul- so many multitude of layers here that you understand about yourself. And then your wife saw things in you and she like brought those out. And the only, the only other person that saw like you that way was your mom, but she was able to like bring things out in you that you were like, Whoa, you know? And, and so my question, you know, I'm like how, because of, finding out and then it took it's taken you a lot like quite some time to learn yourself learn acceptance like how has self-acceptance like made a positive change in your life like when did you start once you got the diagnosis and you grieved and you started to go through the process like when did you start learning to self at to self-accept you know this is you so i think that um Literally, I'm not kidding you. And then I know we're doing this podcast through you, but honestly, I mean, your message through the Facebook um, made a big difference for me. I mean, because a lot of the stuff is, you know, uh, it's isolation. You're in a room by yourself, and, and you know your your life is turned a certain way, and and you fall back to what you know. You get depressed, and you get sad, and you and you and you do all those things. So you're looking for a glimmer of hope or something and I've done I've done all those normal routines I've done in the past and gone to the church and you know tried to do the exercise but I but I was you know in my mind a lot of self-talk would just be this you know I can't do this I can't this is how am I going to figure this out now I've had successes in the past I mean we're talking about you know um, you know some of the stuff I read through the through the, through the website and through different things that you know, a lot of people have some some incredible challenges. Uh, I, when I reflect back, you know, technically I have an MBA. I um, I've had you know a couple of different careers. I've worked uh, for two different industries. I've, I've um, you know I've worked with a lot of people. I know that I had those successes. Um, but when I read a lot of the stuff that you were talking about on the Facebook post, it just showed the positivity. And that is what I wanted to, that's where my heart was really at. It's like, what is, what is this syndrome? It's like, yeah, I get all the negativity and I already know all that, but what is the positive? What is, what can you, what is the 
got to be something good out of this. I know there's got to be something good. And so uh, just seeing the creativity that people had or uh, I think people that work with their hands and they just, you know, see a car and all of a sudden they, they know how to fix it because they, it just makes sense to them. But when it comes to administrative type skills or executive function, it's extremely difficult. And I started seeing that and I was like, wow, a lot of people comment about the photos that I've taken. I've had that my entire life. People just comment about it. And then, you know, when I definitely empathetic, empathetic, I mean, helping people is a natural, I don't even think about it. That's, and that's probably, I think that one of the, to a certain degree is great to help people. And I know that I have a very big heart, but I think that what happens um, when you get older, uh, you start running into stuff that, you know, you want to help people. Some people don't want to help. And so you get into conflicts or challenges. And, and I think people, some people take advantage of that. So you got to learn how to, um, how to maneuver to that. And I think because you like helping people, you end up getting hurt as well. You're the one that takes the, the weight of it when no one's, you know, when no one's around. Okay. So I, I think at some point it just clicked. Somewhere around about a year and a half ago, just after I started taking the testosterone, I just realized that, you know, I have a lot to offer. I think when I was in my, my job, that when I went through the transition and uh, the people that I was working with uh, provided me grace, really focusing on my strengths, and they were desiring that. And, and the place that I was, that I'm currently in right now, um, and they listen to me. They listen to my advice because I've got years of experience now. And it's not like I'm relearning something and having to just put things together and, and, and make so many mistakes. Here, um, they give me the, the patience and, and I'm working through it. But I'm also patient with myself because I know that I have this syndrome. There's positivity too. I can tell you that, um, for example, like when I learn something, and I know you, I've said this a couple of times today, but I have to write everything down and, or I have to print it when I'm in, when I'm at work. It's not easy for me to just read something off the internet and get it right away or, you know, read the email and get the concept. I, I print documents out, I look at them. And while it takes a little bit more work for me to do that, um, that's the way I keep track of everything. I've done that in my in education and my MBA and, and all of those things. So the benefit of that is that once I get it, I get it. And now someone comes and asks me a question, I can explain it and, and give thorough detail. And I think what happens in the work, most people don't take the time to explain things. So that's why people gravitate towards me and say, hey, I'm coming for some advice. I'm, uh, can you explain? Can you give me an idea on this? Can you give me an idea on that? And I just listen to them and I'm able to help them think. You know, a lot of it is because you know, I've been through enough of the struggle, so I kind of know what the pain is like, and I don't want, I know what it feels like, and I don't want the other person to go through that. So uh, I, I know right now it's kind of getting, it's kind of hard to make sense of it, but in my case, I work for a college, okay, and it's, uh, it's a workforce um, campus, so you have, for example, machining, automotive, and welding are the disciplines that are being taught there. There's also, um, academic programs such as you know, sociology, biology, and other different classes. Well, now you have a scenario where the welding program manager, director comes and asks me a question about welding. 
I don't know anything about welding, but I can listen to his challenges. And because I'm process oriented, uh, I can help him improve his process just because I see it naturally. I already see how it needs to be improved because I get it really quick. He's got the problem, and he'll come and tell me right away, and I'll, I won't give him a solution, but I'll help him walk through the solution. So I think the people see that I'm that I'm, I relate well with people. I relate well with a lot of uh, personalities, um, and I'm patient and I'm calm. I don't get. I, I do great when it comes to dealing with controlled chaos situations, uh, stuff that hasn't been. Uh, organized and someone has to go in and organize it and straighten it all out. I'm great at that. And that's what this scenario is. So that is, those are the qualities that are positive that eventually, you know, um, in the beginning you might think it's obsessive compulsive, but it, for me, I, 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 I just see things a lot differently and it's natural to me. And I've learned to utilize that skill in my jobs. How, how did you, I mean, I want to talk about your past because I know that the struggles are super, super important, but how did you learn to advocate for yourself? Like, how did you learn that you had these skills and that these were skill, they were like useful skills. And, and then how did you have like the confidence, you know, like you have to learn to advocate at some point, but if you don't have confidence, how do you believe so, in yourself? So there's, so there's struggles that I've had. So I'll give you an example. There was, um, I remember once, and I have to tell you, I have some amazing parents that are still alive and they're extremely supportive. They've been, um, they've had no idea, obviously, just like none of us, no one knew that this syndrome, that this was part of my life. But my growing up um, was, you know, when some, I was surrounded by my parents and their guidance and advice always served me well. Right? I always went to my parents for, for guidance. Um, and, I would also say, and when you're talking about confidence, I'll give you this. I'll give you this example, and then I'll give you go back to what I was going to mention. When I was younger, um, I was struggling in, in, you know, middle school, right? Six, you know, third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth grade, and all of that. My mom actually took a job um, as a um, school monitor, a lunch monitor, um, at the school. And now the reason that's challenging for her is that technically. We're, I'm, I was born in Columbia, South America. My parents moved to New Orleans when I was three years of age. My mom and dad, um, basically, they know both languages. They, they have amazing lives and they travel around the world, all these different things, right? But when we were growing up, they, you know, they, they didn't know the language too well. So my mom took the job in that school because she knew I was struggling and because I was coming home with behavior reports and I was in detention, and she could see the comments on the grade reports, and the teachers just were passing me just to get me out of the class, or or not giving me the patience. And she was she was the fighter. She wanted to go in there and 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 help them, help me. So she took a job in the school, and so you know, for me, I I'm very observative, and so when I see that someone is caring. Not just telling me the words. I just I I respond to that. So I could see that my mom was making an incredible effort to do that, and it was to make it different, to do something for me. And so that made me make the effort to make more effort in my school and try to focus on what I was on what I was doing. So that kind of started it. Um, 
there was a time, and I don't know if this is related to specific syndrome, but in, in this case, I, 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 unexplainably, I had a seizure when I was in sixth grade. And technically, I almost died. And I can only tell you that when I came back out, when I came through that, I had it more, um, I knew I had struggles because I was failing. I had five, I mean, I was failing in all my classes. I had five Bs and an F. I mean, and the teachers were going to pass me. And so when I came out of that, I just had this sudden sense of wanting to be better for myself and giving my helping, no matter what the challenge was, you know, facing it and just dealing with the struggle. So my parents made the sacrifice to put me into a private school. They didn't have the money for that, but they did the sacrifice because they knew I was, I was struggling. And in that school, they had smaller classroom sizes. The teachers were um, more involved with the students. And even though I went in, uh, I was a young student, the, the private school teach class, most of those private schools, the students go through from first and third, second grade, all the way up to eighth in the same way. Everybody knows everybody. In my case, I got there at sixth grade. I repeated the sixth grade. I chose to repeat it. And I went in and the students that were there were told of this young man coming in and uh, struggling, all these different things. And they helped me. The students themselves helped me. The parents, the te teachers were more supportive. So uh, I had a, a desire to want to improve, but they also gave me the effort, the extra effort that I needed. And I actually excelled in that eighth grade time frame. I, I remember writing a paper for, um, I don't remember what it was. It was an English teacher came in and said we had to write a paper um, for what it meant to live in the United States. Well, I was passionate about that. I knew that. And I wrote some paper and I submitted it and that was it. I really did not pay attention to the fact that it was for a competition. And eventually my name was called out in front of all the, the school because I'd won some award for the best paper written in the eighth grade in the state of Louisiana. I had an American Legion award. I'd never gotten an award before. Everybody saw me as a struggling failure type person. But that gave me the awareness that when I'm passionate about something, I really excel. So that was another moment of like, how do you do this? Another one was my mom. She recognized that uh, I excel when I'm doing creative stuff. So she would, in the backyard, we would set up um, she, you know, furniture and we'd start refinishing furniture or, or painting things or whatever. And I really excelled at doing that. It was just naturally working with her. Uh, and so when we sat down and started doing math lessons, for example, that I did not have the attention span to sit there to do it. Um, but when I looked at her eyes, I could tell that she was struggling just and in, in, in really wanting for me to, to learn that I finally just, you know, gave the extra effort to, to do that. So I don't know all the um, exact things. I just know that it, that I could see when I feel that the person really is caring and going out of their way, it makes me work harder. It makes me focus on what I really need to do. Even though I'm not um, I'm not like even though I know it's difficult enough getting it's not, it's not getting into my mind I just know that 
if they believe strongly that I can do it and it's so hard that I can that that it can be overcome, then I can do it as well if I just focus a little bit. And so I started just slowing down and not worrying about just being you know caught up with all the other students. I started just focusing and doing it on my pace of my time. And so my confidence went up because mom gave me those activities to do in the backyard or, or whatnot. And I felt good about those and I, I actually excelled at doing something. And then it, then I wanted to carry that into my schoolwork, even though I knew it was very difficult. There's more to that. Um, uh, eventually I, I graduated, uh, high school. I, I went on and got into, um, college for a bachelor's degree. Um, I actually did finish. I remember my mom crying. She could not believe that I, she didn't know that I was really going to finish and and finish with the bachelor's degree. But I did. And I went off to work for about 15 years. And I think when you work for everybody else and you do all this effort for everybody else, I think you come to the conclusion that if I'm going to do this effort for everybody else, that I can do something for myself um, and give that effort for myself. And so there are some things that happened, but eventually I decided to go back to school and I uh, went to go do an MBA. And the, the, the hardest thing that I had to pass to get into the MBA program was a graduate management admissions test. And I was terrible at those tests. And um, I had already taken that test when I graduated from college originally and, and literally failed it. And now I'm back 15 years later, and then I'm faced with taking this test. And I'm also uh, looking at an opportunity to work with the university, um, but I got to pass this test. And if I don't pass, I won't get in, and I'll get this job. So I took um, the normal route and started having a tutor teach me. And when I saw that the person was basically just giving me practice tests to do uh, that I could have done on my own time, I just, I, ditched the tutor and I started looking at the instructions of the test and I studied really hard and I went and took the test and I failed it again. And so now I am, I have no confidence that I can pass this thing, but I remember looking at the students that were taking the test when I was taking it the second time. And I just thought to myself, there's no way these students are passing. There's gotta be something that I'm missing. And finally, I sat down and I started using my outlines and I started looking at the instructions and writing them down. And I found a pattern. I found a pattern in the uh, in the way that the sentence correction questions are done. Um, I found a pattern with the way that you had to uh, guess with the math questions at the end. Or, for example, the math questions would start with the 50 percentile level question. And if you got the question right, you can move it goes up to a higher level question. So in other words, you are going to be better off if you spend more time on the on the math questions up front and get, let's say you get 10 correct and the other 25 wrong, and somebody else gets the first 10 incorrect and the other 25 right, the first person gets a higher score. So once I figured out what the pattern was for me, and then I was able to apply that, I started taking the practice test and I started excelling in my own. I started doing the test and I was doing it at home and I was passing. And I remember going to take the test in the actual um, 
test the place, and I got the test back, and I thought it was somebody else's score because I had scored 200 points more than I had ever gotten. I'd actually, I qualified to get into not only just the minimum, I actually excelled at the test. And I'd never done that before. So that's when I figured out that it, for me, it's got to be a pattern. So now you got passion, you know, there's also a pattern that you got to learn. You got the creativity. I could see the, the support that my mom gave me always, the encouragement that you can do it, uh, the positivity of my parents that you can do it, all those things. Um, I actually graduated with an MBA. And you can imagine the way my mom felt after that. The reason I did it, it's not to get the MBA to go get another job. The reason I did it is because that was something that I, that I had in my mind that I never, that I could not identify that I could do. I could not identify that I would actually have an MBA. So it was such an impossible thought that that's the reason I wanted to do it, to prove it to myself that I could do it. So when I did it, it was great. And so eventually, shortly after we, I graduated, that's when I'm, uh, I'm married. I was, I was with Tina I was, you know, the last couple of, in, in my couple of years when I was doing the MBA. And we uh, basically, I graduated and we, I sold everything I had in New Orleans. I, um, and I moved to Houston and then I started my life here. When I got here, I uh, did not have a job. And I had this MBA, and I thought it was going to be the easiest thing to just get a job with the MBA. And nobody would look at me. Nobody would interview me. And the same process that every job seeker goes through, you send all the resumes after the Internet, you get nothing in return, you get depressed because you don't get a response, all of those things I went through. And now I'm in my first year of marriage, and I do not have a job. And then one day, I was sitting in the... Uh, staircase just thinking about what I'm going to do and I remember a uh, a, a um, statement or phrase or something advice that my dad gave me when I was at the age of 18 and he said you should go take a Toastmasters class which is public speaking because it will help you to improve your uh, become more assertive and I thought, wow, presentations, I can't do that. That's standing in front of people and speaking. There's no way I can do that. I was like, well, I passed the MBA. Apparently, I can. I had to do some presentations, but, but to really do that, that's too difficult. And then I realized that to really get the job that you want, you're going to have to go out and speak with people, and you're going to go out and have to go out and explain to them what you're looking for. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I get comfortable speaking with people. So I went and did the Toastmasters class. And when I got there, I remember, again, they gave you a manual. They show you how to do a presentation, eye contact, local variety. The manual gave me the pattern. I finally was able to understand how to do a presentation. And then once I had the outline in my mind, I just applied it. And the way that I did my presentation and the, the way the model was set up, you basically do an icebreaker you, where you speak about yourself for five minutes. And when I got up there and I did it, I remember looking out into the audience. And even though I was nervous, I remember looking out to the audience and feeling just an, a, a moment of just 
like, uh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. It was just like a moment like, this is cool. Like, this is amazing. This is, I never thought I could do it, but I now feel so comfortable doing it. And it was just the talent that I basically realized it was a God-given talent that I had, and I didn't even realize that I had it. And the way that I recognized that I had it is the feedback that I got from other people. So after doing three presentations, people were coming up to me and telling me that I had excelled so quickly in doing the presentations that they'd been with this club for 20 years and they had never seen anybody do what I just got to doing. That I'm speaking with a level of confidence that, you know, they don't see. And the only thing that they can describe it is that it's a, it's a natural talent. And I never identified that I actually had that talent. I never, because, because I never had a job that actually showed that. I never gave that a skill, a, 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 an opportunity when I was in college. I just identified that I couldn't do it. And then sure enough, <laughs> as things would happen, uh, one of the persons that was in that group um, offered me an opportunity to interview for their company, and I got hired for that company and that job was specifically giving benefits presentations going out and explaining benefits plans to companies and i was able then to learn the presentation the presentation was like literally i'm not kidding you like 65 70 powerpoint slide explaining benefits plans you know flexible spending account everything right i learned how to do that and they got pretty good at it i learned a pattern I was able to train other people again, and I actually did it in, in Spanish as well. And I was able to explain the, the, the benefits plans in English and Spanish. So it's the confidence came about through those challenges. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't, I still have self-talk when I'm trying to just build up my confidence just to do simple things, even though I've had all those successes. Um, but it's uh, it's 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 just for me. It just breaks down to a pattern. One of the challenges I'm feeling literally right now in my job, um, the benefit is that I, that I I like working with people, and so a lot of it is interacting with people. But one aspect of the job is dealing with the executive functions of the job, and I've learned to manage that better. But it's a challenge, and when I get stressed. I get start, I start getting locked up. I can't think clearly. It it becomes harder to to focus to to know what you got to do next, and it becomes a challenge. So one in those circumstances, I just have to get up, walk around, walk away, uh, come back, breathe a little bit, calm down, and then just try to take it slow steps. Find something that I can do on my desk, do it well. Okay, got it, and it just. From there, each day is like building this type of confidence until finally you kind of release and then you can deal with the larger tasks. Now you're thinking clearly and everything's good. And that's a struggle. That's how it is every single day. And so you're just, you know, you just got to uh, learn to kind of be okay with that. You're not okay with it, but you just got to learn to be okay when you're going through it. That's all. This is this is so incredible just listening to you talk, to be honest. This is uh there's it it's you're a great storyteller. Um and it's just um it's just amazing listening and I've never heard your story before. I know we've talked a little bit, but not like this. Um it's 
it definitely like your parents. Yeah, a lot of your, a lot of your life stories are very, very similar to a lot of my life stories. What like your parents, your parents were there for you. They they, you didn't get the diagnosis until later on in life, and despite the struggles, despite whatever it was, they never gave up. They just continued to you know, give you the patience, give and and to help talk talk you through you know the life and just life in general and, and, and stuff like that. Even your mom just going to school um, and being a, being there to see kind of, my mom did the kind of the same thing to see how I learned so then they could better help me at home. And I know not everyone has the opportunity to do that, um, but that's a incredible thing that she kind of self-sacrificed a lot of her life to just m- help make your life better. What What kind of, you know, I know that you mentioned testosterone and what you've, you've been, how long have you been on testosterone? So about two years now. Two, two years? Mm-hmm. So what? I found out about five years ago and I delayed everything until I finally got myself comfortable with it. Yeah. So, so it's been two years. Can you talk about like why, why you, like you got diagnosed and then you, why did you delay? Like n- now knowing the benefits of being on testosterone like what well so honestly i was just part of it it's, and it's going to sound weird but i just you know i knew that at the moment of time i started taking the testosterone it was gonna even though i was infertile it was going to pretty much shut down any possibility for a child in any kind of way okay because once i learned what it was and what it does then i knew that was the case and i was told trying to we were still trying to hold that hope you know with my wife and i and trying to go through different challenges our challenges right but at some point i had to take care of myself because it was i was noticing uh where i was you know getting tired again in my job like i would go to work and i mean it's it's just even though the environment was great i would just be exhausted by the time i got home it was just like man i can't keep up with this and now I'm getting older, and I don't have the energy. I had, I don't know what my, technically, I, I think when I found out, if I remember correctly, I think the testosterone level was like, I think at 42. What? I mean, it was low. It was 47 or 42 or something like that. Oh, my gosh. I don't, I don't even remember. I don't, and I did that. Think of that. And I did all the stuff that I did. MBA, bunch of jobs. I mean, and the jobs are not, I mean, I, the jobs that I took were executive, heavy function, administrative type jobs. I mean, logistics, dealing with uh, rental car companies, control chaos situations, people rental cars. I mean, I don't know what my level was ever at when I was a young man. I don't know what it was as an adult. But by the time I got to being diagnosed at 47, 48 years of age, that was my level. So... You know, I think I think initially also we t- I started taking HCG, um, you know, going through that route to see if this particular body was still producing testosterone. So it was trying to amp up, maybe produce it on its own. It got the level up to I think like 137 or somewhere in that range, but it still wasn't it wasn't enough. So I think at at some point I just said, okay, I've got to make this decision and I've got to I've got to just try it and see what happens. And 
I mean, I wasn't scared. I wasn't. I had enough guidance. I think through you, through your website, I remember you doing a, a, a video of some sort of how you take the injection uh, through your leg and with that contraption that you had and all the different things. So I mean, I had seen it enough, and I felt like you know it's just a matter of dealing with taking a needle. I don't have a problem with taking a shot. I don't feel the pain or nothing. I think I can get over that. And um, I was like, let me just give it a try. And I tried it, and it was just immediate. Like you knew right away, this was this is this is great. Like I, this was amazing. I never felt this before. I was actually feeling happy. I felt like I could do things. Like without even struggling to get up in the morning to do it, I could just do it. Like the last time I felt that was probably when I was 18 or 19 years of age. It was just weird. Like I didn't think that was even possible. So it wasn't just like, it wasn't great right away. I mean, it was great right away, right? But once you, once you, you know, you, it's silly me. I just, you know, I would forget to take the shot or sometimes I, w- I would take it a little bit longer period. I would wait a week and a half or, and then you start noticing once you're on it and then, when you're off it, you, you fall back again. Your organs don't work right. I mean, not that they can work long, but I mean, you could tell that you're just getting tired again. And so then I had to remember to take the shot. And I had to write it down, take it on whatever, Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was, try to get a routine with that. Um, I think now, like I said, the other thing is the doctor... The place where I was taking it at was I would go to the CVS pharmacy, so they would only give me like a five-week time train of shots, and then sometimes I couldn't get off of work to come back to get the prescription, and then like three weeks would pass before I would take it again, and so I didn't have a routine that was consistent. And it wasn't until about maybe a year and a half ago that I found a doctor that was consistent and gave me a you know six-month supply, and then now. You know, is actually working with me to figure out what my actual levels should be of testosterone to take. So, I don't. I, I can. I think the um, going. If, if, you know, you tell me now that stop taking the testosterone. I would tell you no because that's like I need it. Like not because I need it. I can just tell you I feel better. I can eat the function of the only way I can. I, I, I can keep the energy up. This is, I mean, I, I need it for that. And I, I can see the dependency on it now. I can't believe that I waited so long. I wish I would have done it probably sooner. Um, but I know the reasons why. Um, and, and right now, I would just think that I'm trying to find what the right level is for me. I still get tired by the end of the week. And then, not to the point that I can't do anything, but I, I'm tired because I've had a hard day, a hard week of work. And then when I get to the weekends, I'm kind of just, you know, dragging a little bit. I think, and I also want to mention, just going back to my parents, I mean, they, they were not only just great advisors, but my parents were really hard workers with just everything and learning and doing things. And so even though, for example, I did not want to go out and cut the grass in the backyard when I was a kid, or do all these chores around the house. It wasn't the funnest thing to do. Those are the things we did. My mom was just an amazing person, still is. Her favorite store is Home Depot. I would, I was the youngest of three. I would go partner with her, and I would go help her out to go do all these amazing tasks around the house. 
at the time, there was a struggle. And it wasn't fun always working with my mom because she's a very, very strong woman. But now that I'm older, all of those experiences are the things that I do now on the weekends. Those are the things that keep me motivated. Those are the things that, you know, when I'm, you know, things aren't, you know, going well and I go outside in the backyard and I start gardening, I start doing something just to stay positive. So all of those lessons that my mom taught me actually are serving me now as an adult. And those things are the ones that are helping me make my household here. You know, doing the things that, you know, you know, cooking, for example. I mean, cooking was a simple thing for me. I, I loved doing the cooking, but my mom cooked for me all the time. I like, did it to the point where I got so comfortable with it. I mean, I didn't even do it for myself. But when I became, when I got it, uh, it was a young adult and I moved to my new job, I had to cook. And then I had to learn how to cook. And it wasn't easy. But now I, I got it. I've got a few, I know how to do it. It's easy. I, mean, I don't follow any, any recipes. I just, you know, do what I need to do. So for me, it's just staying consistent, staying consistent with the shot, staying consistent with, you know, exercise, your diet, you know, all of those things are still, the, you know, a struggle for me, but I'm getting better at it. Um, and I think right now it's just learning how to learn more about the testosterone and learn more about client spouses and what, you know, I know that I have all these experiences, but what, you know, what good can it bring? Uh, I see some of the things that are happening that you see on the on your page, and, and they, you've got the young families that are having kids, and they're just advocating for their children and, and doing all that. I know my mom and dad did it uh, for me, just not knowing because because of just the parents that they are, right? Um, but I think you know a lot of people they say they wish they would have known earlier or, or different things. I think right now. It's just a very good opportunity for the parents to help out their children. I do have to say that I've learned a lot in my failures. Um, my parents helped me a lot. They were there for me. My mom was always there, you know, almost too much. But at some point, you also have to give the opportunity for the, for the person. Even though failure is not the best thing for them, you've got to give them the opportunity to fail. To actually learning to get through that failure and learning to do it repetitively actually strengthens you as a person. And so um, now that I'm on my own with my wife and I, I mean, you're just, you're managing the household. I'm able to do it. I go to work and come back and I don't even think about it, but I do get tired and, and I need the testosterone to help me to stay active and stay um, in, in control of me. Not in control, but just being able to handle things better. And that's what the testosterone has done. It's yeah, the testosterone getting on that that's a whole podcast within itself. Getting one getting on it, go being on it, trying different kinds, trying to figure out how I can get my levels to be like within the normal range for what I feel is normal. Um, mm -hmm. how I feel versus what the what the numbers say on paper and what the doctor's recommendations are or what, you know, health concerns and all that stuff. And then as you get older, what are the complications? Um, just 
not even the complications of testosterone, but the complications of doing the injection. Am I going to do sub Q intramuscular? Am I going to try the patch or the gel or what are, and then where are my levels going to be at? And then don't fix it. You know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So it's like, well, why should I switch from one to the other if I'm feeling pretty good? And for me, I've learned over the years, it takes like six, uh, like three months to go from one dose to a different dose um, for mm-hmm. my body to like adjust and adapt to it. Um, and that's just being like self-aware. And I mean, there's so much information in this podcast about your life that I think will help so many people. I mean, it, this is helping me just kind of realize that like, yeah, there's like, I'm not crazy. Like there's so many thoughts and things that are going on with Klinefelter syndrome that have never been talked about or, or, people don't know about these amazing traits or people don't know about like what life is like living with it. Um, even researchers and doctors don't even know, even though they're trying to help or they're trying to do the research, but it's the the constant comparison to the X, Y, you know, the typical male population that they base us off of. And there's so many things that we have that they don't. Um, and those are great things, but they're perceived as, like negative or bad things in research. So it's, it's really amazing to have you like share your story. Cause the biggest thing now is like, we're on a race against time, you know, like the research, the non-invasive prenatal testing is now being done so rapidly and more and more countries are picking it up and more and more people are doing it. So that means more and more kids, you know, are being diagnosed in utero and they're being given the same information that you were given when you got diagnosed or that, you know, nothing's changed as far as research goes. And so it's like kids now are being terminated because of what's on, you know, what's, what's out there. And it's like, you didn't get diagnosed until later on in life and you've been successful and you're happy. Right. Yep. Definitely. And I think too, you know, you, you asked me a question about confidence and, and different things like that. I, I think, I, if I can, I know we're at the end of this, but I also want to say, too, that you have to spend time to learn who you are, like the, your, the traits, the qualities that you are, right? And I, the syndrome is all the syndrome. But we all, like one of the things that helped me is literally taking a personality test. There's a, I'm not advertising anything, but there's a, I think 16 personalities test that's online, whatever that is. But for me, it helped figuring out, you know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Who are the people that I, how do I, who do I relate to? Who are the, what are the challenges that I have? What are the personalities of the other people that I have challenges with? All of those things um, helped me to analyze myself better. And then, I compared that and I compared it to my resume, my past experiences, and I looked for a pattern there to see what the common denominator was with my personality, and I realized that I was a service-oriented person. So turns out the jobs that I did were all customer service-type jobs, and I interacted with people. I, I, I managed uh, people, but it wasn't because I had, you know, uh, ex- like executive function skills. It wasn't that. It was because... People like the way that I explain things. You know, like you mentioned earlier, I'm a great storyteller. Well, there's a lot of people that gave me that feedback. And so 
I was aware also of the feedback, and I fortunately had amazing people around me, whether it was the teachers or or different things, and you know, parents and whatnot. So they've helped me along the way, and that, that's also given me confidence. And I've also res- figured out that I respond very well to words of affirmation. So, you know, I think that the struggle that I have as an individual is that my self-talk really sets the day or does not set the day. If I'm talking terrible things to myself, it's, it's hard to get motivated. So I've got to read something that's positive listen to some music that's positive so that I can keep my mind away from those things. And then when I do that, I'm good. If I start getting into, you know, just being tired all the time and all that, I, I go through periods, long three weeks, four weeks of just being in a rut. I still function, but I'm just depressed or sad or whatever. But I don't tell that to anybody. I just keep it to myself. I just, you know, I've learned to deal with everything else. I just keep it to myself. So. It's just you got to learn there's there's something, there's the syndrome, and then there's people, and then there's all the the, the social aspects of things, but you got to spend time to figure out what your own personality is and how you interact with other people and, and what are the things that you don't do well and how you can improve on those things. So it doesn't happen overnight. It's just, a, it's just different ways of thinking about it. That's all. Do you think, like, the skills also not caring about what people think did you learn that as at a certain age to where that helped you with being i still struggle with that okay i still struggle with that i don't i don't know that i mean i'm always um i sometimes i feel like i stick out like a sore thumb but i also know that um people see in me things that they know is different from the outside world i mean when you just people just see a, like they feel they see the kindness and they they see that right and I might think of that as being a negative for them it's 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 important so like I'll I'll go around a day and just talk to people and be management by walking around and, and you know encourage them and uh, see if something positive always look at some update things and that kind of stuff but Technically, most people don't do that. And so when I do it, it's just, they're like, wow, this person's doing this for me. They're encouraging me. They're positive, right? But internally, I know that I'm hurting inside. <laughs> so it's a weird, it's like, a, you know, it's like I need to almost encourage them for me to feel better, right? But when I get by myself and I get home, I'm all of a sudden, I'm by myself and I start thinking, well, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. Or oh, man, I got to learn this, and, and it's going to be a struggle. I'm going to just go to sleep. I'm just, I'm going to, you know, am I going to be good at it? Am I going to be good at it? Am I going to try it? Or am I not going to try it? And then when I figure out that I'm, I'm kind of isolating myself, and I'm kind of, then at that point, I have to be, I almost have to force myself just to break through. Like I think one day you said, just walking down to the mailbox and go get the mail, just to get out get out of that routine and then when you're out there you see the i get happy again i just look at the you know like i don't know that's kind of random thing but you know when you're talking about the photography you see the sunset you see the sunrise well i see the sunset i see the sunrise i've taken some photos of some stuff that nobody's ever taken the photos of because because i'm aware of that and i see it and so i gotta just you just kind of 
um, the self-talk is probably the most difficult thing. And I think the only way you can do that is by, in my case, it's faith. And it's just uh, just spend time uh, someplace where you can focus on positive things. And then when you come back, you're able to deal with things better. And you realize that you're not the only one. This is difficult because it's defending. But there's people out there that are all dealing with the same things, right? They're magnified, like I said earlier, um, here with the syndrome. But everybody is, you're, you're not the only one. And I've learned to realize that. And then when you go out and you start trying to help people or you interact and you deal with the community and you realize that other people are going through the same things in different ways, then you recognize you're not the only one. You have a struggle, but you're not by yourself. And so you kind of have to keep yourself realizing that you can do it. I mean, yes, you have these struggles, but there's some other positive things that you have that you bring to people that is needed. They're, they're just, it's just needed. I've seen the positivity just watching the stuff with the kids that are on your, on your page. I mean, they didn't bring a lot of joy to the parents. Okay because they see things that there's not common and that is actually a good thing. It, oh man. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm here, man. You're blown. You're just, it's, it's incredible to listen to you talk. And I, I really appreciate you being vulnerable, extremely vulnerable and sharing so many personal stories and so much about your life. It's I've, you know, through this process of starting living with XXY. And when I first started it, when I first Googled XXY Kleinfelder syndrome at 31 years old, after a conference, I was blown away by everything online. I was like, how is how this, none of this is me. Like some of it. Yeah. Infertility, no testosterone, you know, the, the learning disabilities and stuff like that. But the, a lot of it, I was like, where are the guys like me out there? And, and I love to travel. And I kind of did this to, to meet other, I wanted to meet other guys like me. And I was like, there's gotta be, I'm not the only one. There's gotta be other guys out there that are like this, this can't just be this one like doom and gloom and, you know, all this aspect. And I know that there are people in our community that, have major struggles and and I'm not, you know, denying that. But when I did this, I was like, there's gotta be other guys out there like me. Like I can't be the only one. And I wanted, I love to travel. So I wanted to just meet people like me that were just doing their thing, living life. And, you know, not like you, you made, you made the conscious, you, you said something just a little bit ago about how like you, you realize like other you're not alone in the aspect of your thoughts or, or get dealing with depression or dealing with like the learning disabilities or the struggles. And it's it when you realize that you're not alone, like you, you XXY isn't something that you're always constantly be like, oh, that's well, that's I, I have that I'm this way because of XXY or I'm the like you don't blame all of your issues and everything that you're experiencing on XXY or, or Kleinfelder syndrome. It allows you to see like bigger picture that there are people out there that don't have XXY that have executive function issues or, you know, have other struggles. Um, 
it's just really incredible to me that I get to have the opportunity to have a conver- this conversation with you and listen to you just talk about your life. And this is the re- one of this is like, I get emotional because it's like, this is one of the reasons why I started this. And, and now I'm like having this conversation with you and it just makes me realize like there's, yeah, there's so many other guys out there that are successful living their day-to-day life that have this syndrome that have never thought that their voice or never thought that they would meet another person like them. And that's me. I've never thought that that would be, I thought I was, um, I would say that. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if I, I mean, I've blown up and you see things and you wondered, oh, this, this, this is you, right? but it's different than you, like nobody else. But like I never identified with it, with anything. I never thought that something was wrong, right? Or something was different. Uh, but I knew struggled. My struggles were different. I knew uh, it took me longer to, to overcome stuff, and so I knew it was a little different than everybody else. So eventually, you know, you 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 you, know, you, you figure out for some moments of isolation, but you figure out what motivates you, right? But when you finally overcome that, just like you said, you you wanted to travel and you started the the group. I also saw that I could feel that in you that you were wanting to. Um, make a positive difference. You didn't know how you were going to get there, but uh, I think that you had done uh, some photography, some travel from floor, and I think you were looking for a combination to to serve this community in and, and, and this way, and and you just tried it. And I think that's what was cool about it. You were just trying it out, and now look at all the stuff that you've done. And I think that is a huge, huge thing. I mean, you got a lot of people that really are just, you know, they're very, they're, they're very, um, I would say dependent, and I would say, uh, I would say they have a lot, a lot of care for you, because you have taken the effort to overcome those things that you know are difficult, and you know that there's a better, higher cause, and you're following that, and that's what's cool about it. And that's everybody tries something. If you stay on that path, which is what you're doing, um, then then it opens up more opportunities for people like me. But I like I thought there was there was definitely nobody out there like me until the syndrome showed up, and then I realized, wow, there actually could be some other people out there with this. And now I'm like, wow, there really are. You know, I don't. You know, I never met. I mean, I've met a couple of people here and there when it first came about, but not, you know, not having this conversation. I mean, this is uh, this is a, like I said, a good opportunity for me to also share um, and hopefully help some other people and help the parents. And I know that there's something that's good about um, all my experiences and everything that I've done. It's not for it's not it's it's for a reason, and so. That's what I want to try to do. And you've given that platform to a lot of people to do that. So by you doing what you're doing, you're giving other people the opportunity to also share their stories. So I appreciate that. Thank you, man. I really, to, I really appreciate that. You know, I, it's the, it, yeah, I just, I, that, I, I don't really have very many words, um, but thank you. Um, it really, it really means a lot.
you know, thank you. You've done a great job, and I'll con- want to continue to support you, and I will. And, and uh, I will just thank you for the opportunity and all the um, folks that are, you know, get a chance to listen. Hopefully, I can, you know, like we always want to try to do is make a difference in people's lives, um, and hopefully, it'll help somebody. Yeah. So, Ab- Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, I've written down about 20 different things to talk that we could potentially talk about. And um, that definitely, you know, everyone has, you know, their own lives and, and things going on and sharing your story and just knowing, like, I don't think a lot of the adult men realize that just their, their life that they just see as very simple or, or normal to them um, can make such a major difference in thousands of of men all over the world their age and then of the next generations of boys being given the opportunity to have a life and and uh you know come into this world knowing having their parents know about their diagnosis is just a a new generation um it's it's been incredible just having you here and and listening is there anything that you'd like to kind of close to tell the the newly diagnosed moms out there or the guys that, you know, are finding out like you did, um, anything in closing? So for me, I think, um, I mean, I'm learning with it as well. I don't think that you, uh, that you get to the point that you have this all under control. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I want to learn more. just, you know, having the opportunity to, to speak with you and then, one day, hopefully, meeting other people, and then it kind of gives me more awareness and more enlightenment as well. Um, and I would just say that, you know, for me, the, the growing up was my parents. As I was growing up, um, I had those challenges. Uh, once I became an adult, instead of being on my own, uh, my mom, I call her every day. I don't, I mean, it wasn't always like that, but I, I, I do call her now every day. Um, so I think the um, just be patient with the people that are really trying to help you, and especially if, if you're, you know, for me, I can tell you that I pushed back a lot of the help because I didn't want it. I wanted to do it on my own. And so you got to, there's some point that you just got to try to realize that the people that are really closest to you are really the ones that are going to try to help you the most and the best and they're going to do they want to try the best for you but having said that they also got to give you the chance to uh, experience things on your own because you need that practice to learn how to manage things on your own eventually you're going to be on your own and so um, you got to learn to deal with the social cues um, that not everybody out there is a good person unfortunately and because you are a good person, some people take advantage of that, and you got to learn to deal with that a little, you know, better. And so, um, just be willing to just learn, and, and don't let the fear lock you up, because it, it does. I mean, I think that um, you feel like you're the only one, but you're not. And then just try to just, even if the only thing you can do is just walk outside, then do that, and then. And that's what your thing is for the day. That's it. But I think it's, you know, just because that's what you did for that day, that's a success. And there's other days that you're going to do amazing things. Just be patient with yourself. That's, that's the only thing I can tell you. So, so much knowledge. Um, 
thank just thank you thank you for being vulnerable and just sharing it uh it's it's gonna make a difference and uh that's about it i mean you you i can't i have no words for any of this i just i really appreciate it so thank you thank you wayne thank you very much and thanks for the opportunity and i look forward if there's anything else i could do if i could be if you want to if you want to talk again and we'll do that i'd be happy to do it just uh thank you for the opportunity for me to to, to, to share so i appreciate that not a problem